On today's show, KB and I discuss the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance and the DLC of the Fantastic Four. And speaking of four, we're talking Marvel, the MCU Phase 4. What movies and Disney Plus series will be a part of Phase 4? And will Spider-Man factor into the MCU? Then we bring back an old favorite, The Final Countdown, as we rank our top three favorite Spider-Man villains. So join us, will you? Because we're actually just going through a phase on this episode of Free Your Geek. And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free. With me, my co-host, my loyal co-host, my healed co-host, if you will, KB. KB, we, we, you've been sick for a while. That's what yeah. that's, um, you know, so KB, we're not we're not talking about The Walking Dead today, but for a while, KB could have been uh, written by Robert Kirkman himself. <laughs> uh, but welcome back. Glad to see you that you're yeah. on the mend and you're feeling better. Yeah. Um, we got some we got some stuff to talk about today. Good stuff. Today's uh, all about phases, the yeah. different phases that we're going through. And uh, so we're going to talk a lot about phase four. But to start off. I want to talk about something that you might kind of take the reins on. We want to talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah. Uh, via superhero hype, Nintendo announced on Twitter that the Fantastic Four will make their debut on March 26th. Uh, Fantastic Four Shadow of Doom will feature Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, and The Thing as playable heroes. And additionally, the DLC will pit them against their longtime nemesis, Doctor Doom. So how do you feel about that? Oh, I can't wait. I've been playing that thing since the DLC started dropping. I've been playing that like crazy. Uh, it seems very limited, and in, in, in some of the things seemed a, a bit more difficult to do in the game, like leveling up and stuff. But with this DLC, it, it makes it now like you're building the characters and you're, you're, you're getting used to different characters and trying out different combinations. Uh, the, the last, the X-Men DLC was, was amazing. They do a live update, uh, and I think they do it like monthly, where they have like thirty days of like challenges in the danger room, and you have to like beat those challenges to get like cosmic cubes to level up and different costumes and like. So it's really, really um, extended since the original game. Like, if you have just the original game and you didn't get the DLC, I could see you putting it down. But once you get the DLC, and it's not just the characters; it's like just the extra like modes and playabilities. Like, it's it's fantastic absolutely fantastic so you've had the fantastic four dlc that's coming out i got it coming in the x-men dlc any other dlc for this uh, marvel knights that was before so this brings me to my talking point yeah overall do you think there's too much dlc going on right now in video games no it's the way of the future it is what it is is it the way of the future is the way of the current no 
let's talk about when we were kids, you know, the original NES, Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, mm-hmm. Sega Genesis. Those games came all fully developed right there, bugs mm-hmm. and all. Yep. Um, I feel like DLC is almost that they're just trying to rush the games out to get the games in the in the hands, and then they like issue out the DLC to kind of keep you hooked in the game. My biggest issue with DLC is I play so infrequently that by the time the DLC rolls out, I'm pretty much already done with the game. Yeah, like Spider-Man was an example you told exactly. us all off air. Uh, no, I, I can understand that, but there's also other uh, games that use it very well. I mean, look at mobile gaming, right? Free and everything's like DLC, microtransactions. Like microtransactions is the real way that things are going. Let's face it. Um, but even in, we're seeing that even in, in, in you know, your AAA games, microtransactions. So uh, it, it's, 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 it's the way that it's going to be. But uh, there are some games that have done DLC very well. Remember uh, the last Batman game, Arkham City? Or no, Arkham Ar- Knight. Arkham Knight, yep. The DLC came out in a timely fashion. You know, it really did. Um, so while you're playing it, you still, you know, it, it came out like, what, every month? Something like that, you remember? Give or take, yeah. yeah it was like which, every six weeks. Or, or something like that. Um, this Marvel one took a long time to roll out. But then you got a game on, on Xbox, like Killer Instinct, that basically is a fighting game. And rather than roll out like a whole fighting game, right? You're rolling out it free to play. They have characters that rotate every week. You buy the characters you want, or you can buy like the season pass, and then every season they just release a whole season of characters. The game goes on for like four years, and it's a fighting game. So the legs and the life that they got out of that game by doing it that way is fantastic. So it works for some games. It doesn't work for all games. Tekken 7, another great example, another fighting game where like every so many, every probably like every year there's a different season pass announcement since the game's come out. So that's new characters, uh, new enhancements, new playabilities. So it, it's it's pretty, uh, it can be pretty good for the fighting games. Definitely. Well, I was going to say, for, so follow-up question. So with all this DLC, you saying it being the way of the future, do you feel like that justifies the way these companies charge, again, use uh, any PlayStation, yeah. Xbox, yeah. or Nintendo Switch? What does a typical game run without all the DLC? Well, I think what I'm saying is I think that's that's the way it's going is the games are going to become more free-to-play. That's what I think. Right. They're going to become more, okay, buy this and buy the pieces you want. Um, I'm a big fighter. I'm a big fighter fan of fighter games. So uh, I played Dead or Alive 6 right now, and you can literally buy just the female characters or just the male characters or there's options like – Buying what you want out of it and not things you don't necessarily want. Well, to me, that's too. that's you know? that's where I kind of feel like we we uh, differ in the sense that if I'm gonna throw, you know, fifty nine ninety nine, sixty bucks at a game, seventy yeah. bucks at a game, I don't want to pay another thirty bucks for like a season pass or or anything like that to get you know the like certain characters in the I game. It. it should all be there, you know, right away. Now, granted, if the game was out for like. 40 bucks and they said hey here's a 30 30 dollar dlc yeah. that might be a little bit but we're seeing we're starting to see that with right. some games too so like i said i think it's the way to go is like, i think games are going to become cheaper you're going to see more free to plays and it's going to be more like like on your cell phone microtransaction games and dlcs and i think that that's i think there's more revenue to be generated that way you know and if you can get people hooked if a game's really good they'll make so much more money in microtransactions than they do on just a 60 dollar title in a season pass 
So, okay, just a quick prediction now that off the top of my head. So we know Fantastic Four is coming out yep. there. What do you think the next DLC then is going to be have, for Ultimate Alliance? I just just take a step. I don't know if there's going to be another one. I mean, there may not be. I would hope there is because there's still some space on the screen for some characters. Such as who, who would you like to see then that's not available now? Uh, you know, I would like to see something like either the New Mutants would be a good idea. Um, cause it, but there's plenty of X-Men presence in the game now, especially with the DLC, you know, being able to be the Phoenix and Gambit and those characters is, is amazing. Um, but, uh, the runaways would be interesting. Something just different and just totally like unexpected, um, would be good. Uh, maybe some more of the, um, maybe some of the Spider-Man villains. There's not enough Spider-Man oh, villains Oh, well, game. that's a great segue, KB, because... Uh, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man yep. next. And Spider-Man, is he going to be staying in the MCU? So we know that there's been a lot of uh, back and forth with Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tom Holland, whether it's going to be separate now. They, they, they're they not having a licensing mm-hmm. deal anymore, but then now Marvel's back in, in the phrase, so to speak. Uh, this comes via superhero hype. Uh, during the Hollywood Reporter's recent studio executive discussion, Sony Pictures chairman Tom Rothman and Disney CEO... Alan Horn discussed everything uh, managed to co- uh, discuss how everything managed to come together into terms over the Spider-Man staying in the MCU. So the fan base, which is important to all of us, seemed to really respond to what Tom Rothman and his folks had done before with our people, and they like it, explained Horn. They like the fact that the MCU, MCU and Kevin Feige were involved and we heard feedback out there that suggested joining forces once again was probably a really good idea. Rothman added, I think this is a classic win-win-win. I think it was a win for Sony. I think it was a win for Disney. And I think it was a win for the fans. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think if he's going to stay within the MCU? We know where, and again, spoilers if you haven't seen yeah. Far From Home. Yeah. But we know what's what's going on now. His his identity has been outed. Mm-hmm. Where do you think we go from here? As far as the story goes, uh, I think it's hard to say. I know we got Morbius coming, right? And that's now supposedly like vultures in that, right? So we got well, we saw well, we, we saw, saw what Michael yeah, Keaton was in the Keaton. trailer. Yep. Um, does there does anything happen with the Venom movie? Like, does Venom get pulled into the the Spider Man fray? Because uh, you got Carnage and Venom, and like they're in their own kind of more R-rated kind of, not R-rated, but what are they? Was it, was it PG thirteen? I, I, I can't remember if it was I, R or PG thirteen. Yeah, it's been a while. But uh, you know, those are two of Spider-Man's key villains. To not have a universe where he doesn't face them is is right. Very strange to me. But I think the other side of that is is that with those villains, you have the backstory with yeah. the symbiote first being attached to Peter Parker. Yeah. So I think that's where you, you, you I yeah. think it's, it's kind of a standalone at that point because it has, they kind of broke the story. To, like, you know, yeah. uh, not that they couldn't get around it. I mean, of Marvel, Marvel, to, Sony, Disney. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like it's one of those things where it's the fact that the symbiote hates Peter, uh, Spider-Man and Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker yeah. or vice versa. Uh, or both. They both hate Spider-Man. Like that kind of yeah. like leads to the character. <laughs> They kind of went from in the movie right to yep. the lethal protector without him starting off as he's more of an anti-hero than a villain at this point. Yeah, which I think is why they're going to pit him against Carnage. Yeah, moving forward. Yeah, and I think the the next step for for Spider-Man would be Sinister Six. 
I think that's that would be interesting. kind of the way to go. I mean, unless they're going to introduce those characters through other Spider-Man movies they plan on, like other movies in the universe. It depends. Right. I don't know what their plan is. but Well, speaking of the next step, uh, KB, as, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you've been sick for a while. We actually have uh, a talking point about the Disney Plus big game spot on uh, for as, as it relates to Marvel Studios that happened during the Super Bowl. Mm. So it's been a while. It's been mm-hmm. about a month since that came out. And it also kind of ties into the MCU Phase 4. Mm-hmm. So we saw the big game spot. We saw uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We saw WandaVision. And we saw a little tease for Loki. And from what I have right now, let's go. Let's run through. Just get some initial yeah. thoughts um, starting with in about uh, a little less than two months, let's start with phase four, May 1st, 2020, Black Widow. We just watched the final trailer yep. before the movie. Uh, your thoughts on that? I'm super excited for, for this movie. I didn't think I, I would be, but the action in, in the trailers and in the, the, the story that we seem to know so far is, is pretty intriguing to me. So I'm definitely like super excited for that. What do you one. think of uh, Taskmaster? Awesome. I love the design. It's a cool it's, look. It's a very cool, very sleek look. It's not that classic kind of capey skull you know, look that old. Because a, a lot of his look is always old. It's always kind of dated a little bit. So it's just nice to see that character so refined. you know. Um, and I think it, it also leads me to wonder is like how this movie is going to end. You know, it, are, are we sure that her sister is going to pick up the mantle or not going forward? That's another interesting question that I'd hope we get an answer on. Yeah, I think I think we you know? will. Um, what I want to say about Taskmaster, though, that I thought was really cool is uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Taskmaster in the comics. But, a little bit, but essentially yeah. he has like uh, I forget what the, the term is, but essentially like a photographic memory. Yep. If he sees somebody fighting a certain style, he, he can, can mimic it, and he can he, yeah. he knows that style. So I thought it was really cool in the trailer. We saw him carrying a shield, a la mm-hmm. Captain America. He was firing a bow and arrow, a la Hawkeye. Okay. And he was watching, we saw it in the trailer, watching a video. I believe it was from, the scene was from Iron Man 2, if I'm not mistaken. So it could have been a security mm-hmm. camera when Natasha was taking down a bunch of guards. Yeah. I might be totally mistaken with that scene. But it's almost like I love the the homage they're paying yeah. to that like he's studying what his character is it's so good yeah. like so he's he's maybe he's been studying film or or or, or tape or, or whatever he's seen them in action maybe yeah. we'll get some backstory maybe we not we might not get the actors such as like a chris evans mm-hmm. or you know uh jeremy renner mm-hmm. but we'll see like you know maybe stand-ins or stunt doubles from the back and like almost like a backstory with him like watching them yeah. fight uh i thought it would be re- actually really really cool i love i love the fact that it's going to be Essentially, this this family yep. and the taskmasters running the red, red room, room, which it's I think amazing. is really really cool. So they're, they're tying it to that backstory. So I'm just very curious to see. It looks it looks really good. It looks very action packed. Yeah. It looks like it's going to possibly bring in a new Black Widow into the yeah. MCU. Uh, I'm excited for it. And it, it looks like it's win- it's Winter Soldier like in the sense of it's more of kind of like a spyish, not spy, but like Tom Clancy type you're, of you're not, uh, you're not over the top with powers and things like that. Right. It's going to be more like militaristic, more espionage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I want to say though, um, you know, as we're recording this, uh, coronavirus is a big thing. Do you, I Corona. okay. We're not going to do that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but I want to, I want to just think, do, do you think that this, uh, epidemic right now, this, uh, this panic that's going on right now as it relates, do you think it's going to affect the numbers in the theaters? Is it going to make people want to go to the theaters? Are people going to, 
are the studios gonna expecting to take a hit? I I don't I don't know. I think it depends on how much worse it gets. I think like if if we were to say like if you if you want to give Black Widow as an example, right? It's a, it start it's in May. May first. Like so 1st. like a little less than two months. So a little less than two months. Well, where are we in two months? Are right. we all home quarantined? Are we you know where, where is this in two months? I mean that's that's an interesting uh, thing. I I heard today the NCAA is going to do the tournament with no fans. That's interesting. That, that's that's crazy. Like. So this is, you know, it's a serious thing. And I think the box office would take a hit a little bit if it happened now. But it could be way, way worse later on. We don't know. We don't know. So, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't let it stop me from going as long as I'm not allowed to go out. Right. That's just my opinion. Well, maybe instead of going out, you stay home and watch some Disney Plus. Because tentatively scheduled for August 2020, The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Then if you have to go back to the movies, November 6th, 2020, The Eternals. Mm. Moving it back to Disney Plus in December of 2020, which is no definitive date, WandaVision, which looks very, very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens. Yeah. And then one that I think that not everybody sold on, but I'm, I'm very anxious to see what's going to happen. Uh, slated February 12th, 2021, Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. I just have no interest in that. Okay, but you say that, but how let's let's be honest. How in, how interested were you when you saw when you heard about Guardians of the Galaxy before you saw the trailer? But I didn't know I didn't know really even who the Guardians were. Shang Shang Li, I have a little Shang Chi Shang Chi or whatever. Like that's the thing. I don't even know his name. Like right. but I but I I I've, I've seen him a bit in the comics and I I've seen him in some comics with Domino and stuff like that and I just I don't know. I just don't really I'm just not feeling the character. I'm curious to see how they're going to do the Mandarin. That's all I'm curious yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be t- it'll tie to Iron Man I think in a way. And is that Mandarin going to look anything similar to the, ca- right. the Iron Man clone in the beginning? Right. Oh well, it's not going to be the actor. It's not the actor. But I'm saying, is it going to be a similar true design? True, because we don't want to get into like the the characters and the uh, stereotypes. Or maybe it takes place before Iron Man. It could. It very well could. And then we have a Loki series. Uh, that that might be interesting. Spring 2021. So obviously, this is going to be Loki with the Tesseract. Yep. yep. Uh, alternate timeline. And then, as we mentioned a little earlier, WandaVision will then also lead into Doctor Strange. In the Multiverse of Madness on May 7th. The title alone makes me excited. Well, I believe they're saying it's going to be the first MCU horror movie. They're going to, it's going to have a horror type theme. Similar to the way the, the New Mutants is going to be for Fox. I think they're going to have, it's yeah. going to be more of a kind of like thriller. I, I, you know, not like, I don't want to say gory, but I'm thinking almost like paranormal activity type of horror when you say yeah. horror. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool. Like again, he's gonna go crazy, multiverse, the oohs and the ahs and the jumps and the yeah. maybe. And then may, again, I know that Wanda's supposed to be in it. So will the WandaVision series lead into the Doctor Strange movie? See, I don't see it being that way because Disney would lose a lot of money and selling toys and things like that. People aren't bringing their kids, and I don't know. I just don't see that happening. But they're, uh, Marvel and Disney have both said that the. Disney Plus series are going to tie into the films and the yeah. bigger. So what I'm thinking, and I've said this, so you can, I forget which podcast I said it in, but you yeah. can go back and listen. WandaVision we, will tie in. We know the story of No More Mutants, where Wanda goes a little crazy. Yeah. Avengers dissembled uh, by Bendis years and years mm-hmm. and years ago. She went a little cuckoo. She basically like eliminated, and then she decided to say No More Mutants and eliminated almost all the world's mutants in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Will they do something similar where now she's living without vision? 
she makes her own version of vision. Maybe WandaVision is all in her mind. Yeah. And she's basically her 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 mental faculties are cracking and you know, her powers are losing, you know, being affected by her mental state. Mm -hmm. And Doctor Strange has to go and break her out of that. Yeah. And maybe it's like she creates all these multiverses where he's going to manipulate and go through and fix it all. That'd be kind of cool. It would be. Then we have, I believe, our first animated uh, series on Disney Plus in the summer of 2021. What if? That's that's interesting. It's going to be animated, and it's going to be voiced by the actors that played the counterparts in the MCU. So you could have Chris Evans Mm -hmm. or RDJ or somebody else back, maybe Chris Pratt or Vin Diesel as Groot, and they'll do like a what if. Maybe like what if, you know, Peter Quill decided to uh, kill Ego and concoct his plan by himself. We don't know. You know, there's going to be all kinds of what if uh, Bucky was the recipient of the super soldier serum. Like there there could be so many cool what ifs that they could do. What if was an interesting comic book series? I love I love the what yeah. if. It's basically taking for those that are not familiar. It's basically taking the story that you know and tweaking it just a little bit and putting a different character or or a storyline that you're familiar with and showing how an alternate reality could play out if different decisions were yeah. made. So maybe we'll see like an Infinity War uh, type of thing or an End Game where maybe it was. You know, one of the uh, 14 million plans that didn't work. Maybe we'll yeah. see what happens with Thanos. Again, it's animated, so you don't have to worry about like a big budget per se. You You'll know, be able to tell really cool stories. Right. And yeah. you can take some chances with that. And then as we mentioned a little earlier at the top, Spider-Man staying in the MCU, tentatively slated for July 16th, Spider-Man 3. We don't know what the official title is. Mm-hmm. And then right now, again, slated sometime fall of 2021, on Disney Plus, a Hawkeye series starring Jer- Jeremy Renner and potentially Haley Steinfeld. We did do an old podcast yeah. talking about that. So, And then what I'm looking forward to the most, November 5th, 2021, cannot get here fast enough, Thor, Love and Thunder. I loved Ragnarok. Yeah. It's become one of my favorite movies. I love Chris Hemsworth as like a, a comedic actor. Yeah. The way the, that, that version of Thor... Makes me laugh. I read somewhere that the Guardians will be in that. Yes, so the, I, I don't think it's going to be the whole movie. I think but the, the beginning of the movie will be like, appearance. essentially, because we saw in Endgame, again, spoilers if you haven't watched Endgame, but come on. If you haven't, you shouldn't be listening right. to this. Uh, you know, we know that he goes off with the Guardians yeah. toward the end of the movie, and he leaves New Asgard with Valkyrie. She's in charge, so maybe at this point, they're going to give like almost like a flashback to the Guardians dropping him off. I just and, think it's so interesting bringing Natalie back. Yeah, Natalie Portman's coming back. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, uh, that one will be good. Now, the rest of these series are TBD or to be determined. So on Disney Plus, something I'm really, really looking forward to, and I've been calling it forever, Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Mark Spector, I can't wait. She-Hulk. Yep. Supposedly, there's some rumors about Allison Brie from Mad Men Community Glow. Her, She would be playing She-Hulk. I would be that so would be, down that for that. That would be good. And then they're doing a Ms. Marvel series. Which has been one of their more popular characters in recent years. Which I believe... Which you're not overly familiar with, but... Right, I'm not... But I believe... Uh, oh, my God. What's her name now? Uh, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, said she would she yes. would be willing to guest star on that. Yeah. Which I think would be awesome continuity-wise. And then we have to-be-determined movies. So we know that there's uh, a couple of slated dates by mm-hmm. Disney, but we don't know what movies. So speculation here, but for May 6th, 2022 we're thinking might be black panther 2 yep february 18th 2022 we're thinking it might be captain marvel 2 
And then July 29th, 2022, we're thinking that might be Ant-Man 3. And then still to be determined, Blade, mm-hmm. Deadpool 3, which is now going to be under the Disney banner, which I'm very curious to see how they do that. I think they're just going to let they're just going to let it run the way it did. Guardians Guardians 3, <clears throat> X-Men and Fantastic 4. The X-Men Fantastic 4 thing is 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 way out there and but would you're going to what 2023, 2024 probably. Yeah. How awesome would it be to finish off Phase four with a Fantastic Four in 2024. <laughs> Imagine if it comes out April 4th, 2024, before 4, 2024. That'd be or so February cool. February 4th. 2, 4. Yeah. That would be so cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see who they cast. I, I, I'm, just ex- I'm just excited at the possibility of a really amazing Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched. You know, they're, they're, there's rumors about... Uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, I believe, as Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. I'd be curious to see that because I think he's doing a great job in Jack Ryan. Everybody knows him as Jim from The Office. Yep. But I'm curious to see what he would do with Wait, it. Also talking four or five years from now when those actors will be older and aren't going to look like they do now probably. You're Maybe some right. of them will. but Well, excellent, KB. Excellent. So here's what we're going to do. We mentioned a little earlier that Spider-Man is staying within the MCU. We know that the Spider-Man 3 movie is going to be coming mm-hmm. out with a collaboration between Sony and Disney. Mm-hmm. And when we come back from break, we're going to be dusting off an old bit that we used to do, the final countdown. And KB and I are going to rank our top three favorite Spider-Man villains. Ooh, yeah. So we'll be back after this break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. 4041 Media is a collection of podcasts in the southern New England area. And in addition to the great show that is Free Your Geek, you can check out 4041media.com and listen to the Psych Your Crime podcast to figure out why the crazies commit the crimes that they do. Or if movies are more your thing, check out the cast of characters at Movie Theater Time Machine. You can hear all of that at 4041media.com. That's 4041media.com. 4041media, for listeners, by listeners. And welcome back to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am Jay Free. And I am back, Mr. KB. KB is back. And speaking of being back, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. Yep. And we are bringing back a bit. That we used to do way back in the day, consistently every week, when we didn't have a whole lot to talk about, when there wasn't a lot of news. Starting, we didn't know what to talk about. We just decided to make a bunch of lists and talk about things, and we we created a catchy title. And ladies and gentlemen, that is back today, and we call it uh, the final countdown. It's the
the final countdown back. For, I don't know if we're going to be doing it every week, but I think we're going to dust it off when I think every it, once in a while it warrants because I think it's a fun it's a fun thing to speculate. And today's topic, KB, mm-hmm. our personal favorite top three Spider-Man villains. And a little caveat because I know that you go against everything. You're going to be like, oh, my top three, my first is the Sinister Six. You're not going to do that. <laughs> Um, we're going to do no honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. We're going to just do our top three. You're going to go with your third. I'm going to go with my third. We'll move on to our second and finish it off with our first. I'm curious if we're going to have any overlap here because there's a myriad. There's tons of different Spider-Man villains. Some are really, really cool looking and powerful. Others are a little bit more personal to Spider-Man. So I'm very curious. Some to see. may have changed over time. Yes, absolutely. So let's start with your number three. And we'll see if he's he or she is on my list. Well, I think this one I can cheat on. You know I always find a way to cheat. Oh, okay, go ahead. And this is really comic book specific. Remember when Cloak and Dagger first got introduced to Spider-Man, they kind of started out as villains. Okay. Right? So Spider-Man just like chasing uh, chasing them down and, and, and their, their, their way of doing things versus Spider-Man's way of doing things. Um, Cloak and Dagger to me I think are just – Two just incredible characters that are so underutilized. And I know, yeah, they're good guys now, and I get it. But when we said villains, hey, it was only for an issue, but it's fine. Or an issue or two. But I I just think that they were amazing. And I always, when we talk about what if earlier, to plug back, what if they stayed villains? That would be very interesting. And they would be better villains probably than some of the villains, or, or a good chunk of the other villains, I think, in, in, the, uh, in the Spider-Man universe. So I love the I love the way they have to play off each other. They they need energy off each other. I mean, think about that. If you have villains in that situation, you know, greed comes into play a lot of times, and uh, you know, disagreements and and just the just the whole nature of a villain. You know, I would just see it being a very interesting. How many villain duos do we have that are just like villain duos? Right. You know. So I'm making them my number three just because of that first introduction where they were villains. I think they would have been. My number three is based on what could have been had it gone differently. Interesting. So different your number approach. three is Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, they're not on my list. So I'll, I'll, no, no, I like. I was just trying to be different. No, no that that was cool. Um, mine. So a uh, uh, little caveat for mine. Yeah. I'm going to list um, both movie and comics. So oh, I so think, you found a way to cheat? No, no, no. I okay. we didn't say comics. We didn't specify. We just said top three villains. Okay. My villains have places oh, in the comics, okay, gotcha. but they also have movie counterparts. Most of them too. Okay. But I'm also going to give some story arcs that you might want to check out for particular villains. Mm-hmm. My number three villain is who I hope is going to be the villain of Spider-Man 3, a man by the name of Craven the Hunter. Mm, love love Craven. Who is he? Who is Craven? Well, Craven is a maniacal big game hunter who seeks to defeat Spider-Man to prove that he is the greatest hunter in the world. Unlike other hunters, he typically disdains the use of guns or bows and arrows, preferring to take down large, dangerous animals with his bare hands. He also lives by a code of honor of sorts, choosing to hunt his game fairly. So he's got this code of honor where he's not going to like cheat to bring Spider-Man down. And why I chose him is because he relies on his own skills to hunt his prey. He doesn't necessarily rely on weaponry, gadgets, technology. He can physically go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man, and he's a different kind of villain, not trying to go after Spider-Man because... He wants to rule the world or something. Yeah, He's just like, this. I'm, I'm a hunter. This is the most dangerous or you know the toughest prey to, to defeat. I want to prove that I'm the best by taking... It's straightforward. <laughs> this is what I want. 
yeah, he he views killing the killing of Spider Man as an accomplishment. Um, and I want you to check out uh, the story arc uh, Hunted, which is actually a 2019 uh, story arc in Amazing Spider Man Volume Five, issues number 16 through 23 by Nick Spencer. Just a quick synopsis: Craven and his last living clone, which is also known mm-hmm. as the Last Son of Craven hunt all animal-themed heroes and villains. So you have the owl, you have rhino, you have vulture, all of them. He, he uses arcade, traps them in a yeah. dome, and he has like these big-wig rich people go in these uh, suits that arcade designed so they don't physically get hurt, but they hunt all these other animal-themed. <laughs> it's super. It's a super interesting story. It's really, really cool. It's something a little bit more current, so I definitely should check think you should check that out yeah you usually don't pull a current marvel yeah i, I this this i'm really digging the new uh the this current version the current series volume five amazing spider-man's yeah. actually really really good so that's my number three craven the hunter craven the hunter that is a good one number two for kb is has to be the superior octopus himself doc ock there's just something about doc ock no matter what game i've played him in no matter what book I've seen him in, the movies. I mean, when he was in in the the first first round of Spider Man movies, it was the, the oh my god, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name. Not Topher Grace. That was Venom in the third movie. Uh, but the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yep. It was Spider Man Two. Yep. And just how how just crazy the character is, and the character just has interesting interesting stories behind him and. You know, there's stories told where, you know, he's good friends with Peter and then stories where he's, you know, taking over Peter's, you know, taking over Peter's body. Uh, what was that? Was that Spider Island? I think it was, was, was the beginning of yep. him taking over. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, but yeah, so, but, but Doc Ock, and, and I think he kind of made Spider-Man too for me. Like I, I love the way. Played by Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Yep. Okay. Uh yeah, I, I just, I just, there's just something about that character that's just really cool. Even the, like the action figures they make of him and stuff, just with the, 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 you know, the tentacles and all that. Like it's just, it's just awesome. It's just really awesome. I think he's a well, well thought out character, very deep. Um, and yeah, he's he's definitely my number two. KB, who's my number two? Who do I have on my list? Docto Octo. So we're we're in sync with this one. Uh, just to give a little backstory. Who is? Dr. Octopus, or Doc Ock. Well, with the death of his mother Mm -hmm. and his romantic interest, Mary Alice Anders, out of his life, Octavius's disposition towards nearly everyone became mean-spirited, and he had become more distracted from paying attention to the detail and safety precautions in his work. His co-workers often called him Dr. Octopus behind his back, a pun on his actual name inspired by the four-armed apparatus that he was using for his experiments. He was aware of this insult, but he barely cared. During an accidental radiation leak that ended in an explosion, the apparatus became fused to Otto Octavius's body. It was later revealed that the radiation, or possibly his own latent mutation, we don't know, had mutated his brain so that he could control the movement of the arms using his thoughts alone. And why did I choose him? Similar to what you said, KB. Uh, Dr. Octopus is regarded as one of Spider-Man's most infamous enemies. He's been actually cited. Like we talked about, like we talked about earlier, what if, uh, he's actually, uh, been cited as the man that Peter Parker may have become Mm -hmm. if he had not been raised with a sense of responsibility. 
Why did I also chose him? We talked about the Sinister Six. He created the yeah. Sinister Six. He was the the originator of it. And then as you talked about Spider-Man 2, the same uh, Sam Raimi version played by Alfred Molina. Spider-Man 2 is pretty much regarded as the best Spider-Man movie trilogy. of the Raimi trilogy. Yeah. And even the ones that came after it, Spider-Man 2 was almost like the perfect movie up until the point yeah. that the MCU really got rolling. Yep. Origins yep. in a superhero really movie. Good. The series I want you to check out, you already kind of alluded to it. The Superior Spider-Man, which ran from mm-hmm. 2013 to 2014 by Dan Slott. A quick synopsis. Doc Ock has implanted his own mind into Peter Parker's body, and he wants to be a superior version of both Parker himself and Spider-Man. So he thinks Peter is holding back. Mm-hmm. He's not using his intellect. He goes back, and uh, Peter dropped out of college. He goes back to get mm-hmm. his degree. There's a whole lot of things that whole, Peter Parker— The whole Parker, Parker Industries thing. Parker is now yeah. essentially Doc Ock. Like basically, again, we talked yeah. about what he might have been without that sense of responsibility. But Peter Parker's mind kind of infuses his thoughts and memories, kind of push mm-hmm. auto instead of being this egomaniacal lunatic in Peter Parker's body. Mm-hmm. He actually has that sense of responsibility. He's just going to show that he could be a superior Spider-Man than Parker ever could. And that's my number two. I I love Doctor Octopus. Yeah. It's it's just a Perfectly original character. Numero uno, number one. Uh, I think it kind of goes without saying to me, in my mind, is the Goblin, the Green Goblin. I mean, where 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 is Spider-Man without Green Goblin? Comparatively speaking, he is... The, the Joker to... Yeah. Lex Luthor to Superman. Yeah. The Joker to Batman, Magneto to I mean, to some the people X-Men. could argue the Vulture, I guess. I guess you could argue the Vulture. Yeah, but I, I think but I think Norman in Osborn... Recent, yeah. Norman Osborn has had his fingers in every part of Peter Parker's life, life. Yep. for like the long, since like you know college, since high school, since college. The, the Goblin mm-hmm. Norman Osborn has been in the background doing something. Yeah, and I think it, it's also the whole, uh, the, just the, the the maniacal laugh, the 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 exploding exploding jack o' lanterns, and like, and just the I love the way that it's a character that. Equivalent, equivalent. Ugh, I can't even know if I say the word. Equivalent. Equivalent, like, uh, it's an equivalent in how he moves. So, like, think about like the the first Spider Man movie where the Goblin w- was in it, right? Like, think about that. Well, I'm the first one. Yep. And the action scenes of just the Goblin can keep pace with Spider Man versus where a lot of a lot of the other villains kind of can't in the sky, so you don't get those same those same moments. Um, and then I know the comics have a rich history of also like the friendship between Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane, and Peter Harry Parker and, and Harry. Harry. Like, and there's so many different stories that you can pull out of that, and there's so many different stories that have been told out of that. Um, and I I just think that that is that is the ultimate. He is the ultimate Spider-Man villain. I don't because think he, any he can attack not only on a physical level yep. to your point, mental but level. from a, a mental level. Yep. We've seen stories with him. Like where he makes Peter believe that Aunt May has been killed yeah. or has died or that Peter Parker was a clone during yeah. the clone set. He, he has his hands in everything. And they always seem to make it interesting when Peter, in, in every type of version where the story's told, it always is interesting when Peter kind of finds out that the two are the same. You know what I mean? There's always some great drama behind that moment. And I think that's what makes it like truly special. So yeah, Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, my number one. 
Excellent. Good choice, KB. I mean, obviously, you can't go wrong. Like, again, as we mentioned, that's the number one villain of Spider-Man. Yeah. I did not go with the Green Goblin for my You're a vulture guy, aren't you? No. I'm my favorite Spider-Man villain we recently saw in a Spider-Man movie played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Mysterio. Yeah, Mysterio. I love Mysterio. So who is Mysterio and why do I like him? Uh, Mysterio is a failed actor but gifted special effects artist, Quentin Beck, turned to villainy when his lofty Hollywood aspirations passed him by. His first major act as a supervillain was to frame Spider-Man for a museum robbery with Beck portraying himself as a hero only to be defeated by Spider-Man instead, which I think is actually kind of cool. That was his first thing Mm -hmm. where we saw in Spider-Man Far From Home and spoilers if you haven't watched that. We think Mysterio is a hero in that for the beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie when we know what his real plan is about halfway through. But anybody who read the comics knows that that's But I just think that's a cool It was a cool, yeah. It's a cool like... uh, Jake Gyllenhaal did a good job with that too. He He was fantastic and that's why I loved him. And then the why, while he's not necessarily a physical match for Spider-Man, the the illusions that Spider Man he uses against Spider Man he fights Spider Man on more of a mental level and we mm-hmm. saw that in yep. Far From Home the special effects with Jake Gyllenhaal so Fantastic. we talk, we talk about like we have somebody like the Rhino yeah. or like even like Green Goblin can can match up with him physically but you know Green Goblin can do a little bit more so mentally same thing with Otto Octavius they all have different pieces where basically instead of going after his strength he uses he spider-man essentially has to use his spidey sense yep. when going against well, well well that's interesting let's kind of compare the styles of the two right so you got the goblin that it's not just necessarily a mental dig it's an emotional dig yes and that's almost as crazy as the 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 tricks that mysterio plays yeah no i, I think i think from a from a standpoint as far as the goblin like that those emotions not that anybody can see my air quotes right right kb's doing air quotes with his fingers the effects but yeah i really really enjoyed that and then there's two different story arcs i want you to check out one's a little bit more current Mm because as kb mentioned i'm kind of there's a couple of marvel series currently that i'm into mostly in the spider-man family but uh one of the older arcs check out guardian devil okay it ran from 1998 through 1999 it's daredevil volume two numbers one through eight written by Kevin Smith. And, oh, I thought you were going to say me. No, no, no. no. Uh, Kevin Smith, like Mr. King yeah. Geek himself. Yeah. Uh, synopsis of that, Mysterio is diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. He wants revenge on Spider-Man, but this is during the, the clone saga phase where he finds out that the Spider-Man that he thought was actually a clone, so rather than go after him, mm-hmm. he's like, I need somebody a little bit more formidable since this isn't the real Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he focuses on driving Daredevil crazy. It's such a good, it's such a good thing, and it touches on Daredevil's, mm-hmm. you know, the Catholic Catholicism viewpoint of the whole Daredevil's mother being a nun. Yeah. Uh, it talks about Karen Page and brings her back into the storyline. It's a really and Kevin is that Smith late nineties. Yeah, it's late nineties. Yeah, so it's it's really really good. Uh, I have it on a trade paperback. It's it's well, I don't know about recent. It's like twenty years old. Well, <laughs> no, no. I so said that's the older one. Oh, now oh. the more recent one. I want you to check out the series. Amazing Mary Jane from 2019 through current by Leah Williams. And this is a little bit different. This is more lighthearted where Mary Jane gets a major role in a movie directed by an undercover Mysterio. And it's all about his life and how he's actually (laughs) the hero of the story. And it's it's just very lighthearted. It's very like comical. And it's just it's a fun read. Definitely check that out. Uh, You know, Mary Jane obviously is the the point person. She's Mm -hmm. the hero. 
Um, and she's, it's basically, it's, we talk a lot about women power on yeah. here and girl power. They did a Gwen Stacy book too. Recently. Yes. Yeah. But this, so. this Mary Jane is basically like all this stuff is happening and everything's falling apart on the movie set. And Mary Jane essentially takes it upon herself to be like, I'm going to fix this. Let me handle this. I can handle all this pressure. And it just shows like, it's not, it's not why might she not be doing everything like physically, mm-hmm. like fighting like Spider-Man. She has the skill set and the drive to get everything that needs to be done done mm-hmm. and i just think it's really really cool where like mysterio and, and spider-man and everybody are almost like the secondary characters to mary yeah. jane but he has a big piece of it she basically reassures mysterio a lot in this because she finds out he is mysterio and he's trying to redeem himself or or whatnot she's it's it's just a very very interesting uh it's a very very interesting storyline so i think you should check that you out. you know I'm, I'm glad we got to this uh rogues gallery because it's clearly the second best in all of comics what's the first oh batman do you i do you think, think batman what about x-men better. x-men no, has a ton i know but i i, I just don't see what? i don't feel the drama as much in the flash also stuff. the flash yes i think I, the flash I would think is top there, three too. would be flash batman and spider-man no order there but then x-men is coming in as a close fourth yeah, I, mean, I could, I could see Maybe, that. Yeah. But, but like I said, I think to me the Batman stuff is just the characters are just so much, so iconic. Yeah, in different ways. But I think you do the. I think the same could be said about Spider Man, though. To be honest, yeah, we talk about Green Goblin. We haven't touched, like, we, we haven't even touched like the tertiary character, like Hydro Man, yep. or the Jackal. I don't know if the Jackal yep. would be considered tertiary or secondary. But then you have like Rhino, Electro, mm-hmm. uh, Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But there's there's so many good villains that round out Spidey's rogues gallery. I think it's comparable to Batman. I really do. But you, would you have Flashes first? No, I'd probably have Flashes as third because you have the rogues gallery, you have Reverse Flash, you have Zoom, you have Grodd, mm-hmm. you know, you have the Trickster, you have all kinds of different... Um, Godspeed is one more a more recent one. So there's a lot of like flash villains and I think they're all great, but I think as far as like affecting the hero personally, I think it's a, a coin toss between Spider Man and Batman and who's got the more I, I could see that. I mean, like I said, for me I think it'll be Batman, but it would be again, like you said, a slight edge. Yes. So the Spider Man ones are interesting. Yeah. And now let's move on to Cere- Cerebro Suggestions. Cerebro uh, KB, have you read any House of X or Powers of X by Jonathan Hickman? No, I have not. You should it's it's turning X Men on its head. Uh spoiler alert, and I'm gonna ruin the newer version. Yeah. So basically, yeah. um just to give you a synopsis, they basically have all mutants now living on Krakoa, the living planet or the living island, the mutant island, mm-hmm. and all villains are there. All mutant villains. Apocalypse is part of the team now. Uh, Mr. Sinister is part of the team. It's a very interesting. They have a way to bring people back from the dead. So when somebody gets killed in combat, they get cloned into a new body. It's like so weird. It's so different. And the big takeaway is we find out a secret about Moira Mataggart. I'm not going to spoil it, but go read that comic. It's very, very good. X-Men needed a good reboot. Yeah. It really did. Um, Something that we're going to talk about, we can't really show you. Um, but we want, you can Google it. We want to talk about, there was a toy fair that happened recently. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different Marvel legends that are coming out. So we're going to, mm. uh, but the ones I want to focus on, we talked about the MCU. Let's talk about the Marvel legends movie figures that are coming out. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Wolverine in the likeness of Hugh Jackman from, I believe the Logan it looks pretty good. Looks really Ryan good. Reynolds, Deadpool version. That one will be good too. Rebecca Roman is mystique, which I think would be, is very cool. Interesting. Uh, Brianna Hildenbrand's Negasonic Teenage Warhead. 
See, I think everybody would want that one. I think it's going to be because you're going to create your whole Deadpool army. Think about this. Zazzy beats as Domino. Josh Brolin's Cable, all from Deadpool 2. You're going to have all Is that. there Colossus on that list? I, uh, I don't believe there is. But the I'm really, sure that would come. The one I'm really looking forward to, and this is really, really cool. I don't know how much it's going to run. It's a two-pack of mm-hmm. Magneto and Professor Xavier. But they're going to have interchangeable heads of both Sir Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender <laughs> from the Magneto side and Patrick Stewart and James that's, McAvoy that's cool. as Professor Xavier. That it's going to be cool. super, super cool. Um, also, check out the website Hasbro Plus. They have a lot of... Uh, Hasbro Pulse. Thank you. I, that was a typo. Thank you, KB. Pulse. Hasbro Pulse. Um, all those will be linked in the show notes. You forget uh, I have a wife that on works. Podbean. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I didn't want to throw that in there. But uh, yeah, we'll leave that in the show notes on Podbean and on iTunes. Yeah. You should be able to access those. The Black Widow movie set's coming out too. Yeah, it's going to be badass, yeah. dude. It's going to be badass. Well... Hey, you want to see pictures of that? We're going to keep be posting it to our social. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter on Free Your Geek on both of those and check out some of the stuff we post. And then follow uh, my go to my website, jfreethegeek.com. Follow us on Spotify. The show notes do not work on Spotify, FYI. Mm-hmm. But they work in iTunes. They work on Podbean. They work on Stitcher. So check us out wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Free Your Geek Podcast in Google. It'll pop up. Rate, review, share it with your friends. Help us grow the show. We appreciate it. But until next time, KB, hit him with the catchphrase. Get your geek on. Bye, everybody. You're still here. It's over. Go home.